1: Penn State football's back, and and Great Match Generator's back, so welcome to Great Match Generator here. Beast Mike and Greg are both Penn State alum, as we are here to talk about three great matches, because the fourth one, I couldn't find anywhere. I actually could find it, but I would have to get a DVD file, and then convert into a mp4 and it would be too much work for my computer setup right now so we're going to do it another week I put it back in the generator so so it will come up again but but if you if you were looking forward to our thoughts on the one count for eight woman tag um unfortunately this week wasn't Destined to line up with us, but I'm here with Beast Mike and Greg. How you guys doing? I'm
2: doing pretty good. Um, yeah, like, like D Cooks is saying, uh, we back, we back on Saturday afternoon at 3:30. Uh, they will be in Bloomington. They'll be playing the Indiana losers this week. Uh, thanks to the chaos and the man that happened beforehand, Penn State will be ranked eighth in the country going into the game. Unfortunately. Uh, Greg, I know you know this too, I'm sure Journey Brown will not be playing in the game uh, He's got a little bit Of an illness uh, situation that he has to deal with But uh, I have faith in Noah Kane And the Long Boys, I think the Long Boys will be able to Still be productive, even without the best One of them all in Journey I'm just yeah. I'm just
1: scratching my I'm just scratching my um, Sorry Greg, I'm just scratching My chin right now, because where's Notre Dame Ranked right now?
2: Notre Dame is I believe third
1: yeah, uh, I bro,
2: the yeah, buddy. Third. Yep, I'm uh, just dancing. Georgia got housed by Alabama. Uh, Georgia got handled by Alabama. Notre Dame was able to slide into the number three spot without playing. Well, actually, I, I did play on, on Saturday and barely beat Florida State. But um, you guys are third in the country right now, which is setting up Louisville. We'll be Louisville, we'll be unfortunately. You guys Clemson. It's setting up for an ultra showdown between you guys and Clemson in a couple weeks. Uh, at South Bend, so, uh, I'm anticipating college game. They'll be there. Uh, matter of fact, it's uh, it's November seven. So yeah, you guys got the week after Halloween. Yeah, you guys got two weeks to prepare. Uh, you got two weeks to uh to get through, and then you get a uh, Notre Dame on November seven, and that, that will likely. I mean, I would expect both teams to probably run it back in Charlotte for the big for the ACC title, but this is round one. Of, well, I think a two-round series to you guys in Clemson. Yes.
1: But, Greg, what were you going
2: to Oh, Oh, uh, you guys
3: pretty much covered it. I'm excited for Penn State football to come back. Um, Yeah, Journey Brown, big loss. He was kind of a dark horse Heisman guy, but uh, if there's one position we can afford to lose somebody, it's running back. So,
2: Devin Ford, Noah Kane. I actually had a class with Devin Ford last year. Uh, he's, he's a good dude. He's, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's, uh, I, I, some of the players over the last uh, couple years, while I was up there, good people they are, and I, I think they're going to be. This this looks, looks like a very good team, even without Micah. Uh, even without Micah and uh, Journey, I think this is still going to be a very good team. This is a really good defense. I think the running game is going to be very is going to be just fine. But coming back.
3: Yeah, definitely a really yeah. good we're going to be in the the running for a lot of stuff. Um as for Notre Dame, um I don't trust any of those rankings until the Big 10 and Pac-12 play.
2: <laughs> hey, I, no, you know what? That's a good point. And I think it's a very very good point. Once once Ohio, once uh, once we all, we start on Saturday and then, then 2 weeks later the uh Big 12 will start, uh, the, the the Pac-12 will start. I think that's uh I think that's a very fair point.
1: The Pac-12 has been horrendous. So, Big, but let's just, let's just call it as State. it
2: is Oklahoma State's the only hope for that conference that's the one hope standing uh, for the Big 12 you lost twice, Texas lost twice like, it, it's, it's bad uh, for that conference except for Chubba Harper and his crew they're going to have to survive the rest of the way through to have a shot
1: but enough college football talk, let's talk some shoot style and some classic 80's wrestling here um, overall, your, overall, what were your impressions this week as we watched um, some shoots down some 80s wrestling? The matches were Kata and Alexander Otska from 11.597, um, Greg Valentine and Bob Backlund from 4.23.84, and Nick Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning from 5.287.
2: No. Were there any?
1: Were there I, any I, overall I, themes? I like the
2: Japanese match. The I like the Japanese match the best of the three. Uh, I think the uh the speed and the fluidity of of that match I thought was to me I like I like how entertaining that was. I just like the style, of it. I just like how how quick the counters were and and the, new, and the yeah. submissions were on early on. Uh, especially that transition into that looked like a knee a knee bar slash heel type of type of submission. Uh, yeah, that. That, 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 that was so smooth. I, I love that. Then we got physical with the suplexes in it, and the, the clothes, those clothes are really, really stiff. I, I, I was a fan of that match, most of all.
1: I was, I was... Let's talk about Ikeda Otsuka first. Um, I really enjoyed this match. This was my favorite shoe style match we have delved into so far Um, because they were so active in yes. their submissions and in the striking game. There was even a flip dive that was believable in the match. Definitely. Yeah,
2: definitely
3: what were your things thoughts, things Greg? Um. So first of all, just to make sure, because again, everything was in Japanese, uh, Daisuke was the guy in the black trunks?
1: Yes. Okay. Daisuke Aikido was in the black trunks and Otsuko was in the blue trunks. Um, I thought this was... Blue singlet. I thought it was
3: a really, really interesting uh, match uh, to watch uh, because, especially early on, there was virtually no crowd noise. Mm-hmm. And just the way it was kind of shot, it, it really looked like I was watching an Olympic amateur-style
2: wrestling match. Yes. It did feel like that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, there was really no crowd noise until like they, they had an exchange, and then they separate, and the crowd would kind of give their applause, and then they would go back in. And
3: the crowd would go back to Yeah, that was that was something to notice. And, and, and I'm not saying it was because they were obviously like so into it, they were just kind of like enthralled, but like it was it was very quiet. It was like watching a real like sport, not like an entertainment sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and then uh, but then I, I was immediately taken away from amateur wrestling into kickboxing when I saw Dice K's kicks. Oh my god.
1: Woo. <laughs> Daisuke IK's kicks are freaking incredible. He looked like a straight-up
3: kickboxer, and
1: I was yes. really
2: impressed. Those kicks hit home. Those clotheslines Daisuke threw, they hit home. Like you, you, can, you can hear the clotheslines hit the chest, it, 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 how hard how stiff those, those clotheslines were.
1: The stomps, too. The yeah. stomps that Iko was hitting later in the match were really stiff, too. It was definitely a striker get grappler match. Right. Yeah.
3: And then I thought it was really interesting uh, about halfway through, I think it was. Um, Atsuka starts uh, working on the leg to try and take away those kicks. And mm-hmm. that, he had a thick dragon screw.
2: Yeah. yeah that's what I was saying before. And that, that, dra- that transitioned into the dragon screw into what looked like a knee bar or, or a heel hook because he, he definitely didn't have the heel hook, did he? Yeah. Uh, I, that, was, that was really, really nice.
1: I, I thought Otsuka wouldn't stay down. Da- I thought the theme of the match was Otsuka not wanting to stay down. Pretty much. Um, And, like, him, like, trying to to not stay down. I, I really liked the lariat into the arm bar counter. Yep. Later on in the match, and then it led to the suplexes, the the dropkick, and then the last two suplexes were vicious.
2: Yes.
3: I'll say... That he one does,
1: does good the match.
3: Better than probably anybody I've seen in a long time.
1: <laughs> Those dragon suplexes were... They did fish. not miss. Ooh! ooh I, I, high and tight
2: in the back of the head. Yeah, they did not miss.
1: And I, I felt like overall sense of urgency, very urgent... Yes, and this is a point I've been hitting on since we've been on this air. I like sense of urgency i like I like wrestlers going after things i like and I thought that was the theme in these three matches as well um where wrestlers were very urgent to attack, especially in this match. I, this was my favorite match of the three, but but all three were, um, and we'll get to it later. Um, very urgent and and how they um,
3: it felt like a struggle.
2: I would say so. I, I think uh, I would say so. I would agree with
3: that. Yeah, definitely, especially this one. Um, I think you said earlier, uh. Th- it felt like the theme was Atsuka like just not giving up, and especially at the end, um, he was on spaghetti legs, and I just like like he wouldn't give up. You're right, he he just kept getting back up, and I actually at one point was asking myself, is this a last man standing match? Because he that's was what
2: that it felt like.
3: get back.
1: That's, yeah, that's what it felt yeah, like. it sort of was. And it sort of was because those rules are so different than the traditional wrestling rules but but at the same time, he's got the three count, and they mix in those shoot style and pro wrestling rules so well So four and a half stars, this was really good
2: I enjoyed uh, I'll give it the same rating i I enjoyed how. Uh... I enjoyed how different this match was. It went from the submission style to the to the, the, the combat style to the soup to the, the grapples. It, I enjoyed how different this match was and how it evolved. So yeah, I think four and a half is a good rating. Greg.
3: Um I'll go just a little bit lower. Because uh, I did like the other matches a little bit more, so I'll go four and a quarter.
1: Four and a quarter. Oh, yeah. I I liked all three of these matches. I gave each of these matches four and a half stars. So I thought, let's go to Valentine and Backlund. Um. So this this to me, I wrote some notes before the match even started. This I I wrote down the date 42384. Hogan won the belt 12384. Okay. So this is what it's three months after Hogan won the belt. Uh-huh. So this is such. So this match is such a culture shock to what WWF would become. You know, this is very gritty, very almost dirty how mm-hmm. the wrestle the wrestling was in this match compared to how clean, polished. Everything would be
3: in like 85, 86, 87.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: I, I, this was honestly my favorite match, I think. Because, well, so the first thing is going in, um, when I was really young and like elementary school, I always remember my friends talking about this wrestler who had the cross face chicken wing and nobody could get out of it. And he had this whole challenge, but, I never picked up on who the wrestler was (laughs) until honestly, like two years ago, um, it dawned on me that that was Bob Backlund. And so, but I'd never really seen any of his matches. And I, I feel like he was the, the man of his era. Yes. In the same terms as San Martino, Hogan, Austin, Cena, as being the big guys. And so it was really, so I've never seen one of his matches and I was excited to see what all the hype was about and he pulled me in immediately. There was something about him that that I really liked this match.
1: I really liked this match too and I, I thought he had a certain resiliency about him that was very good um, yes. His selling was very good. So was Valentine. Valentine was really good in this match Val- too. But Val- Backlund was the star. What Backlund was the star of the show. But Valentine right. was really
3: good here too. That's what I wrote down. Is I have not seen selling like this in probably ever. This, this was amazing. <laughs>
2: it, it, it is quite a thing how underrated I would say Greg Valentine is. Like you, you mentioned, like all those like all those dudes in the- in the mid, mid the late 80s of Hogan and uh, uh, obviously Backlund we talk about. And then you got you got Sheik in there. You got Slaughter in there. You got Savage in there. You got Warrior in there. You got all these heavyweight stars. And then you got Greg Valentine, who seems like one of those incredibly underrated guys who really did his thing and really handled business in that time period. And I'm glad he got a chance to, to shine here in a good match like this. Yeah,
1: and he was also a very good brawler. He, yeah. he had that... He was also in that fam- very famous dog collar match with Roddy Piper in in NWA um, in '83, and they brought him in in '80 and WWF brought him in in '84 as part of the expansion. And and Greg Valentine is the perfect example of a good veteran hand. He will sell his ass off. He will do everything he can to get the the baby face over and wrestling needs more people like that. Wrestling needs more people who just, just, just because I think the problem with today's wrestling is everybody's shooting for the top, but they don't know. They don't know how to be satisfied with just, being a good, solid veteran hand. Mm. Like, Scorpio, Scott, Scorpio Sky is the perfect example of a Greg Valentine okay, um, of of the era. Like, Scorpio Sky is, like, good,
2: solid veteran hand AEW in AEW. I would say Cesaro would be WWE's equivalent to this. Of a guy who is, we all think he can make it to the top area, but he just puts on, overall, really, really good matches. And this is an overall very good piece who can wrestle with pretty much every kind of style and every kind of opponent. I I would argue in WWE's case it would be Cesaro.
1: Right. Right. Um, But back when there was a sense of urgency in this match it was a different kind of sense of urgency than the Otsuka-Ikeda match, obviously. Mm. And 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 to these next two matches are very similar in how they were worked because I think both these matches are masterclasses in how to sell. Yes.
3: Yeah. Both Real quick.
1: these matches.
3: Yes, Greg. I, I was just gonna say I love Captain Lou Albano and it was great seeing him.
2: <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was definitely.
1: Yeah. good. Um, yeah, Lou Albano was fantastic. Was fantastic <laughs> seeing him. Fantastic seeing him in in this role. The val- Valentine promo was very good at the start.
3: Uh, yeah, it, 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 the whole thing P- felt think- like a boxing match, like a big time boxing match with the uh, like a anou- ring announcer and everything.
2: Yes, and have that you, whole have- evening though. They, not not just what? that match. The two, the matches beforehand with with Slaughter and Sheik and um. And the first match they that was featured in the garden that night like yeah, it I'm, felt it felt like a boxing environment like the whole deal,
3: yeah, I don't think I've ever heard managers announced before either no, yeah
1: not, not in this yeah fashion, no not, not in this fashion- and that's what w w f did so well back in the day back in like the late seventies, early eighties, they made it feel like. Feel like this almost sport-like, but but yes. the, you still had wacky characters.
2: Right. Yeah. There was still an aesthetic tone, Yeah, like you, like they mentioned the ref, and the ref got booed, got a little bit of heat from the garden crowd. Like you mentioned, Binkle got booed a little bit. Like it was, it it, it had that kind of uh presentation. It was kind of a hybrid, a hybrid presentation, and yeah, like what you said, like what it used to be.
1: Yeah, because this was as Vince was trying to... Vince didn't even like this.
2: <laughs> well, you know?
3: They, they were shooting. I mean, I, I did a little bit of wrestling as a kid. Like, legit like amateur wrestling. And okay. I can tell you what Backlund was doing, the whole getting on all fours, the way he was shooting for the leg, like, that really? was all legit. This looked like you were watching a wrestling match like in oh,
2: like Legion like, like or yeah like Legion or, or or Olympic wrestling yeah
3: yeah they were putting on holds and like you guys have been saying like that they were selling the simplest things as if they were so painful and the uh, the uh, commentary was great too they were putting over like yes. oh that, that's a, such a painful hold oh he's going to go for this and that really tears at the ankle or something like that.
1: And not screaming gibberish at you. That was that was so refreshing.
2: (laughs) Not screaming
1: Like useless drib- gibberish at you, you know. And I think commentary, even AEW does it better than WWE, but but both commentaries just fail at. Just they try to it. They try to
2: over like oversell. To it. Yes.
1: So th- this was stars. This was excellent. Um 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 I love I love the finish was a little climatic Um with the uh figure four on he had the figure four but he had to let go and then he was arguing with the ref, so bought it back one, took advantage of it. But I'm not gonna knock it too much, you know. This was really good.
2: I wasn't into this as much as the as the, the Japanese match we just discussed, but I gave it four and a quarter, but I, I thought it was still pretty entertaining. I did wish the crowd was into this a little bit more uh, compared to the, uh, the Slaughter Sheik match that happened earlier on in that show, but I thought it was a pretty good match overall. I thought it was uh, pretty good overall.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm, a- <clears throat> excuse me. I'm actually giving this five stars. I love this. This mm. is my favorite of the matches. Um, I, I, I get what you're saying about the crowd. I liked at the very beginning, there was like a single sign that said, I think it's exactly when you're our champ or something like that. Yeah. And, and it was the wrong your, and I was just like, Oh man, even back. <laughs>
2: then,
3: right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I really, really like this. I actually loved the ending. Um, we got to see that classic spot where, where Greg, uh, grabs the ropes and, uh, and Backlund pulls him and, and like slams him down. Um, but I thought this was a, a wonderful way of using the surprise roll-up that we don't really see uh, in the modern day. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. see a million surprise roll-ups on Raw, but they're all just stupid. I liked how there was a bunch right. of near-falls, and then almost out of desperation, Backlund does the surprise roll-up. And it gave and the heel a chance to, you know, get heat afterwards. Like, oh man, I I lost, you know, by, by not cheating, but like, yeah, like, oh, almost
2: well, sheer luck. Yeah. Sheer and luck. that got the chance yeah. to go after the ref
3: and cause a whole kerfuffle, which, you know, that's sports entertainment at that point. But the right, right. itself was uh just I I really like it for its shoot style. That was really really cool. Yeah.
1: Nick Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning. a master class, yes, this was a master class on um selling on technique mm-hmm. on on the simple things. This was very simplistic yet 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 very, very good, very good, very solid,
2: yeah, I felt like you could get into this match pretty much from the word "go just because of the styles that they, that both guys have. And how easy and how yeah, how easy and how simplicity they make things. Like like they could they could, they were fluid, both both guys were incredibly fluid. obviously Car always was. Uh both guys were able to kind of soak their wares and make it and have some strategy involved here. Um I, I drop kick is always, always awesome. Uh, it, it was a very solid, very productive match. That really, it didn't really waste too much time. There really wasn't there was too much. Waste no, too this much
1: felt time. this felt like a struggle too. This yeah. felt like a struggle. This felt like a fight. Um, the crowd was very invested in it. Yes, they, yes, um, they were. Um, this was this was the rematch from the 11-21-86 match, which which was a Broadway. Um so they were determined to see who was the better man um which 112186 is going to be it's going to be on this show because 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 um it, because it's a great match um and it will be on the generator but but overall this was this was really good um um it's it's just
3: really solid. Uh Greg, what were your thoughts? Um, so going in, I've really only ever experienced nineties. Um and, and by the way, I gotta say it right, it's henig, not hennig.
2: Henig.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's <Hennig>, yeah. <laughs> almost one of those uh, Mandela effects. But um it was really interesting to see him, like, super young uh, in his career. True! Whereas, not,
2: not, the, not the charisma! That, that, that's true! I didn't notice the charisma in this match as much.
3: Yeah, and, and he just flew around a little more more fluidly uh, than he did in his later years. Um, I wasn't really familiar with Bockwinkle, uh other than his name. Um, but he looks like he was just... Picked right out of, I don't know, like, the 1940s or something. With that leather <laughs> in and that bleach blonde curls. It looks like, like, from the gorgeous George era. Yeah. Um, and then just plopped into the late 80s. took um, <sighs> me a minute to get into, just because I felt like I needed that Larry Zbysko backstory to, to really understand this. But then what? Once, like, he started getting involved and I kind of figured it all out with the context, I, I really got into this one, too.
1: Yeah, like, Sabisco probably wanted probably wanted Hennig to win, probably because he was the younger guy. He was afraid of Bachwinkle and ob obvi- obviously the better wrestler because Bachwinkle's more accomplished than Hennig.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, logistically, it worked. And then, so he gives Hennig the roll of coins, and uh, after a nice sequence of near falls, um, including including an insane sunset flip, which the height that Hennig gets on like sunset flips and drop kicks are, are amazing. Yes.
2: Height. It's like Okada height. It, it, I, I think that's, the, that's, a good, that's a fair comparison. I think it's a very fair comparison uh, with, with the height of the uh, the dropkick.
1: Um, it technique wise is was very solid. I, I just. It was a four and a half star match that like, really you don't have much to say about because everything was just solid.
2: Everything did flow really, really well. I guess I didn't like it better. I, I, I'm on the four and a quarter, four and a half stick for it. I'll go four and a quarter for it, but I thought I like everything flowed really, really well with this match.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like it's like what,
3: what are your thoughts, Greg? Uh, I was gonna say uh, yeah f- four and a half um it it was uh it was definitely a good like kind of shoot style match like you said very similar to the um the backland match um i was i really got into the the ending uh, just because it, i I kind of wish we would see this in in the modern day can you imagine if we were like reviewing tape and like a commissioner was like <laughs> reviewing stuff after a match and uh, holding a belt like I, like like
1: the like the ending like this is this was an end of a pay-per-view too and at like this was the last 10 minutes of a pay-per-view like the whole controversy and like like everything like that like people People don't have the attention span for this, anyway. I'm like, but this is great storytelling, though.
3: He, he says it's going to take us a week to review the tape. And I was just like, <laughs> told somebody in 2020 that it would take you a week to review a yeah. tape for a sporting match. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would
2: be wild, right? That,
3: that would be that so would be
1: wild. wild.
3: All over a foreign object, which, by the way, is Sean Spears' entire gimmick right now in AEW, and they're not reviewing yeah. tapes for his matches. <laughs> no,
1: they they ain't. But, but we look at this and we see elements that are missing in modern wrestling that we could essentially put in modern wrestling. Yeah. Um whether it is WWE or AEW, I, I just think I, I've gotten so sick. I, I thought I thought Raw was my breaking point this week.
2: <laughs> Hearing <laughs> John They did their Retribution so dirty. <sighs> they they did them so so dirty. Um that was dirty what they did to them.
1: And it wasn't even just Retribution, Matt Riddle whether you like him or not, or whether he did what he, I, I I don't know, but 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 the goal of wrestling is to build future stars, right? And and the goal of wrestling is to put people over.
2: Honestly, I think the guy that got put over was not AJ, but the dude on the outside.
3: Yeah. Right. That was
2: the outside Got put over to me. Not Riddle or AJ. Uh he was the guy that really stood out in that that whole situation.
3: Yeah, I think that's a perfect example of losing does not mean burial because I I looked it up and I think Matt Riddle's 9 and 2 on the main roster. So like right. it, it's right. not like losing all the time and that no, was Riddle, that was Riddle's
2: going to be fine.
3: Yeah, that Riddle's was just going to be fine. Giant hey. over.
2: Yeah, he's getting getting got the done. giant over. Right.
1: Yeah. But Retribution totally got buried. That well,
2: was. Uh, um, yeah. And, and, and then the phony and, like the, the, the kind of promo that Ali did, like where he revealed he was the hacker, which we probably should have seen. We probably, most of us probably do. But uh, yeah, no, the, the whole thing, the, the whole thing was just done so rushed and so badly done just because it got Fiend and Alexa and, and, and they're, they're starting to really, they're hitting a real stride, I think. Yep. But I, I think it was just so badly done the way they did retribution on, on Raw.
3: I like Ali. I like that they made him the leader, and I thought it was actually a pretty good promo. But it was all undermined by getting whooped
2: twice but, at yeah. the, start of the show. <laughs> and <Right>. once single-handedly, <laughs> once single-handedly, and then once by the hurt, once by effectively Lashley. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, hundred percent. That, that that's my problem. That was my problem with it. They should have revealed that Ali was the guy, but I think they should have did it like next week or like have they some more hacker stuff happen. When they advertised it, right, exactly. Like they advertised like they did right before WrestleMania, which like the stuff they did when they first did it, I thought was really good. I thought it was a good hack, but again, it, it seems like I like I said at the start of this with uh, retribution, it could be a good group, but at least make it have a point. So far, you're shooting your bullets, but they're all blanks. So you're not bringing a point to this.
1: Um, but, but it it it's, it But we're getting John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston as a uh. Okay. Pay per view title ma- title match, and that's going to be so believable.
2: Yes. Who would have thought?
1: Who would have th- thought? Who would? This is why AEW is so superior would anybody have thought Eddie Kingston would be getting a pay-per-view title shot six months ago? No. He
2: wasn't even in the company six months ago. (laughs) But That's going to be incredibly... That's going to be a fight. That's going to be a straight-up fight. That screams straight-up fight.
3: I'm excited for everything with AEW. They, They have just pulled me in so much with everything they do.
2: They got some stuff, yeah. They got some good stuff going. I got, I gotta say, they got some good stuff going on.
3: They really do. Like they're gonna, they're gonna pull. They're gonna do MJF
1: Jericho, which is gonna be a huge match. Um. Yep. Yeah. Um. Box FTR. FTR has a little bit has, a, hasn't performed as well as I would like them to. But, but still, Box the, FTR. They haven't
2: had the chance to have a signature match. I don't, I don't think they've had the chance to have a signature match like they did when they were in the revival. I think that's the thing that they're looking for, and then once they get it, I think then that's the, the, they hit their stride, the, their true AEW stride. You had a, you had the
1: chance with Omega and Paige, and you sort of failed with Kenny Omega, so right. I, I'm I'm a little wary there. But the Unbox are a great worker, so and and I, people much, are more divisive. Much, more
2: building. It seems like they've been building that match for, like, three years. Because, like, because we cl- What was the conversation? For, like, three or four years. Like, what was, who's, the best, who's the best team in the world? Was it Bucks or Revival? Like, like uh, that, that match for, like, three years. Like, even, like, uh, the Bucks and the and the, uh, the, on the Elite stuff, like, before the Revival came, before they were in the same company, where, where they were all right. like, kind of clapping the Revival time and time again on, on social media. Right. So, I think this has been building for, like, three years. And I, I right. think they're, they're going to have their, the, that signature match. For
1: FTR. right right so it, it it's going to be really good and then the g1 the g1 was was really good um K- Koda Ibushi wins it for the second year in a row um and really is striding into wrestle kingdom as there's gonna be some bullet car fraction, fr- fractioning. Osprey's getting his new stable. This is a completely new era of New Japan. Mm. So, so the Okada era is over. Um, How about that? Bit... and Okada's still in the company. <laughs> That's freaking funny to me.
2: Maybe it's just Okada passing the torch, perhaps. mean, um, that, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Like, like, like he doesn't need to be the champion anymore. To be the best guy in the world, type of dude. Uh, that, that, that's yeah. Kinda what that, that's what that sounds like. Where Okada's gonna like spend some time. Like, okay, he's gonna put over. He may put over some guys and kind of say, "Oh, I beat Okada. That's my signature win." Like, where, where Okada's gonna put, put on some good matches. But I think for a while, he no longer has to be the champion. And Right. I think he still be regarded as the best, the best wrestler in the world by a whole lot of people. Right.
1: Right, because Ospreay did beat him on the last night with help, um, and they they set up the story, and it, it, it it's gonna be, it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do with Okada and Ospreay for Wrestle Kingdom, but plug, plug a plug, plug.
2: Twitter.com slash BeastMikes, where you can find me. I will naturally be tweeting uh, about the various things that will happen. Obviously, NFL tomorrow night. So I have the Eagles and Giants in this area. it's kind of big. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Don't even get me started.
2: Naturally, I will be tweeting. That, that will the- be a conversation.
1: That will be a conversation for off the air.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I will certainly be, uh, tweeting, uh, I have been tweeting about Tua Tonga Maloa. People know me. I, I am a Dolphins fan. So, uh, Tua getting the start is going to be, it's going to be his time after the bye. Uh, Miami, I think that was the plan all along was for, uh, Tua to get the job after the Dolphins bye. The, the thing that kind of roughed up the plans a little bit was the bye was week seven as opposed to 11. But I think, I think it was, I think this was the plan all along. To be tweeting about Penn State and their game with in Indiana on Saturday, and if there is a Game Five, I will be there. on I'll be in DC on Sunday uh, for the World Series. Um, Greg,
3: yeah. Um, you can catch me over on Twitter at PSU Optimus. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm probably gonna be tweeting about Penn State as well. Uh, my other projects are. Uh, on YouTube and Instagram. You can see me at Wrestling Optimus, and uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of reviews over there. I'm going to be doing predictions for Hell in a Cell and a review of that. Um, and I'm currently, by the way, building a custom stage for my action figures for AEW, and it's going to have lights and sounds and a video screen and everything, so you can See all my progress over on Instagram as I build that thing.
1: I've seen it. I've seen this progress. I, I've <laughs> been. I live ten minutes from Greg, so so okay. I've been over his house. So I've seen. I've seen it in person, and it and it's going real well. <laughs> nice. So, so Twitter, you, you know what I'm tweeting about: Notre Dame football, wrestling, um and various other things um it's basically it for great match generator this week for next time on great match generator we go into the 90s for new japan pro wrestling and do Katsumi Fujinami versus Great Muta then we have a 5 on 5 elimination matches Antonio Noki, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, Seki Sakaguchi Kentaro Hoshino and Keiji Muto face off against Satsumi Fujinami, Ricky Choshu, Akira Maeda, Kenko Kimura, and Super Strong Machine from 1987. It's a 5-on-5 elimination match, and those New Japan elimination matches are always fun. Um, Billy Robinson versus Giant Baba from 72486, 86 and then... Bob Backlund. We go see our friend Bob Backlund again versus Sergeant Slaughter this time from three twenty one eighty one. So I hope you can join us next time for a great match generator. I'm your host DJ D C Mike and Greg Brown. Thank you for listening.